You are now tuning into Love Frequency, where love grows. So let's go. Welcome, and thank you for checking in before you check out. I'm Naya, your host and love advocate this evening. And if you didn't know, Love Frequency is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Connect with me because tonight I might need y'all. I thought I should check in before I check out. And there's just a few things I want to clear up. But first, how are you tonight, my love? How is your spirit? So I've really been given this a lot of thought lately, and I'm going to use the word fascinating. I find it fascinating that my optimism regarding love is met with people assuming my position is illogical. It kind of breaks my heart. Like I often have people tell me that my perspectives on love are weird, odd, not normal, possibly because they're not the norm, but I get it. That door number three, that yeah, but door has some of y'all stuck. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, go ahead and visit us in the last episode. But don't worry, baby, we'll be here when you get back. So I really, I really thought the best way to explore this is I want to tell you a little bit more about me, if that's all right. I think it's important that you understand the person behind the voice. And I don't want to give the impression that I sit around all day in meditative posture while singing to the birds and insects and everything in my life is peace and love. That's only part of my day. Nah, (laughs) I'm much like you. I have doubts and fears. I cry. I hurt. I'm healing. And I have days where I feel like shit. I make mistakes. But the one thing I can say about myself now is regardless of anyone's energy or doubt, my belief in love remains unwavered. And specifically, my belief in the power that comes from gaining a deeper understanding of what it means to love myself first. That one took me a while. So let me first be clear. I don't have a one size fits all method. I don't believe there's a wrong or right way to love, but I can promise you that your struggles in love also come from you. I also feel strongly about this because if you would have asked me eight years ago, if I would have thought I would be here with the podcast about love, encouraging people to look deeper within themselves, I would have laughed at you in your face. I didn't like my skin color. I didn't like my hair texture, how I spoke. I didn't like my handwriting. My handwriting, y'all. I didn't like my handwriting. I didn't like anything about myself. So you can find me imitating others' mannerisms around me. I had a lot of contempt. And as a child, rightfully so, there was a lot of shit going on in my life that I just didn't understand. See, a lot of our love blockage is unexplored generational pain that we inherit at birth. That's where most of our strength 
comes from, said with air quotes. Let's be real. We've worn that shit like a badge of honor far too long when it really is a statement branded on us at birth. Because at the onset of our arrival, most of our parents were incapable spiritually and emotionally. And they were branded too. But don't nobody want to talk about that. When we truly pause, when we stop feeling sorry for ourselves and crawl out of that dark place and remember just for a moment all the shit we've overcome, I shouldn't be where I am right now. And I know I'm not the only one. You remember a year ago? Remember where you were three years ago? Remember that time you said you couldn't get through that one thing? And remember that one person you said you couldn't live without and look at you? Out here living and shit. I remember eight years ago, October 17th, 2012. I will always remember that day like it was yesterday. It was the last time I decided to end my life. I plan to discuss it in another episode, but I was engaged. Three daughters. I had a great job, a beautiful home. I had friends. I was active in my community. My fiance and I even coached basketball at the YMCA. We were good too. On the surface, I really had nothing to complain about, but I had a whole bunch of shit inside. Things that I just hadn't faced. And the gag is, a lot of us don't even realize we're carrying around baggage. Because we enter into relationships from the position of victimhood. It's not even seen as baggage, it's our story. So to love me, you gotta know my story. So I wake up on that day, and my heart is aching. I feel numb. My relationship is on the way out, but I loved this person. At this time in my life, I had never known a love like that. See, for me, love used to be constant assurance. And in this love, I mean, I had never had this amount of safety and security before. And now I was losing the only thing that ever felt like home for me. I have spent my entire life searching for home. My life almost felt like a revolving door. No one ever stayed. And this person finally gave me home. And they were leaving too. My daughters uh, were with their fathers at this time. It was fall break. And home, it's like that reoccurring theme. I felt like they were home. They were at a place where people loved them and embraced them and wanted them there. And I thought everybody was where they should be. I just couldn't get over the pains from my past. The wounds were more deep than I realized. I couldn't get over being resentful for my father not being the man in my life I needed. No one protected me, but they saw my vulnerability. They saw my weakness first, and this world is so damn cold. So who holds your daughters when you don't? And I couldn't get over my resentment for my mother's multiple disappearing acts. No one showed me how to be a woman, much less a black woman. The world loved how I looked, but could care less how I felt. But their lies felt like the truth to a little girl who only knew lies. And if you don't love your daughters, who do they run to? And even in my truth, this truth right here, I hated feeling this way because at the very same time, I'm a parent, a parent who has made a shit ton of mistakes. So I know that my parents were doing the very best they could with what they had, what they knew, 
and amid what they were dealing with. So on that day, I was committed to a facility. My first thought was not relief. It was embarrassment, disappointment. Now I'm locked up with a grown woman asking me every day if I've had a bowel movement. Nobody wants to live like this. Nobody asks for this feeling for attention. I just... I just didn't know what to do. And this was my third attempt. I can remember watching my father watch me get my stomach pumped, looking embarrassed and disappointed. There were clear patterns. My family knew I was hurting as a grown woman, three children, but I felt judged for it, not supported through it. But you know, I should have been strong. But taught by who? I don't even know when I took my first steps or what my first word was. So please don't think my suggestions come from a place of ideology. I've lived and done the work. See, what we don't repair, we repeat and also permit. I don't want to be loved like that anymore. Do you? And I also share that not as any insult to my parents at all. Again, we are all doing the best we can with what we've been provided, but make time to work on your own shit. Not sure what that is? Listen to last week's episode. There may be some doors you have left unexplored. Have these honest conversations with yourself. They're not pretty. They're not pleasant. But the intention isn't to drag anybody's name. That is not what this show is about. And that is not my intention. But you need to have these honest conversations with yourself. And if you're not sure how to do that, let's go back to our first series on taking your power back episodes two to four and really devote the time to you, not spending your time focusing on what someone else didn't do or was supposed to do for you. And let me tell you, some days, This shit is no joke because it breaks you down to your knees and nobody has time for that, right? But please make time. Your life depends on it. What you are manifesting is being blocked by it. The life you want is being blocked. Your increase is being suffocated. Think I'm lying? Okay, think about your last few conversations. What was it about? Who was bitching to who? Who was complaining to who? Who was sharing the tea to who? 70% of our conversation, and I think that's generous, is rooted in low vibrating conversation. And even more to the point, almost 91% of our conversations with people are maintained through negative things that go on in our lives. That's why so many of us feel alone when good shit happens and you feel like you truly don't have anybody you can celebrate with. Well, your connections might be rooted in pain. For some of us, it's muscle memory. This is what we know. It ain't our fault. I don't think there is fault, but it is our responsibility to dig deeper. This is also why love frequency and podcasts like this are necessary. I know what it feels like to believe that nobody cares. I also know where we go when we feel like we have nowhere else to go. Damn it, I am evidence 
of what love looks like living and I can't imagine losing someone else because they were out there searching for home and no one was there for them to show them how to find within themselves because they were fighting shit they didn't know existed. And the person they were reaching to help them was fighting shit they didn't know existed and everybody is avoiding this shit. I don't have a damn thing to sell you. I'm not endorsing any product other than you right now and some of you are bothered by that. And now, I'm honestly, I'm just, I'm more interested to know why Why are some of you so afraid or skeptical of my position? What makes it so hard to believe this as a possibility? So, if you feel challenged by my perspectives on love, baby, it's because you're scared to face yourself. And you have finally been presented with a motherfucker who isn't afraid to love in a way that terrifies you. Just say that next time. Want to know how I know you feel this way? Because I am a reflection of you. You feel the need to refute the things I suggest in love because deep down, you know you are capable of loving this way. So my question back to you is, what are you really afraid of? Hey loves, you know I I hesitated multiple times to post this episode. But someone close to me helped me realize that if this was on my heart at the time, then it needed to be said. So I really would love to know your thoughts. I'd love to hear what you think about this episode specifically, but also love frequency. What do you want to hear? What are things you want to talk about? And whether you believe a love like this can exist or not, for some reason, you'll be back. Just admit it. I know I'm breaking through a little bit. That's why you get so mad. Hey. Hey. I love you. Tell me. Good luck with that. What is that even supposed to mean? Like that is... (laughs) How do you... Give a hateful love sentiment. Well, good luck with that. No, there is no love. They ain't got nothing to do with luck. Love. It's love, baby. We ain't talking about betting on horses. Love. The fuck? I wish I would disrespect love like that. <laughs>